Christ has arisen. He has been raised again. And because he was raised again, we live in hope of his promise that one day we will be raised again. We will be resurrected. And these old bodies will be changed and transformed into new heavenly eternal bodies. That's what we're considering this morning as we are looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verses 35 through 49, 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49 this morning. That's page 904 in the Pew Bibles there. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can turn in the Pew Bibles to 904. And if you don't have a Bible at home, then you just take that Pew Bible as our gift to you. We want everyone to have a copy of God's Word, so please take that and use it. 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49. You know, images of future realities build up anticipation, right? We begin to look at pictures about something that's going to take place, places we want to go in order to kind of get us ready to go, right? Uh, we are currently, you know, planning out our, a summer vacation. We're planning on going to uh, North Carolina, and while we're there, we're going to be in the Smoky Mountains area, and so we're going to go uh, do some white water rafting and a little zip lining and that sort of thing so uh, Mary Beth has been making those plans and she's been pulling up all these pictures of different places and and it's building up anticipation right I, I'm starting to I, I'm ready to be there I'm getting excited I want to go now in the days between now and then I've still got to work right I still got to get up every day and do the same old routine and as is usual the case you know, work is work, and there's good days, and there's, there's hard days, and, and I tend to get tired and worn out, weary, in need of a rest. But you know what? Knowing that that rest is coming, uh, that helps me kind of get through week after week after week, because I'm, I'm waiting for that time of rest, that time of recreation, that time of renewal. And so I'll go and I'll, I'll pull up those pictures, right? I'll, I'll look at those pictures. I'll see, there's where we're going. That's what we're getting ready for. Just three more weeks, right? Four more weeks, three more weeks, two more weeks, one more week, and, and then we're there. And so we all have a tendency to do that. Well, what about when we get tired of these whole worn and weary bodies? Right, these old worn and weary bodies, they, they get tired, they get worn out, they, they get sick, they get uh, disease, they get all of these things. They have all these aches and our pains that we come along with living a long life. But you know what? We can get through the tough times, we can get through the difficult times knowing that better days are ahead of us. When we know that there's a day that these old bodies with all their aches and pains and diseases will one, one day fade away and we'll have new resurrected bodies. No aches, no pains, no disease, no sickness, and no death. We look forward to that day. As Christians, we have the assurance that God has has promised us a future resurrected body, a restored body, no longer 
feeling the pains of this world. In 1 Corinthians 15, 35 through 49, our text today, Paul paints a, a word picture, if you will, of what our resurrected bodies will be like. And in this text, we see three major characteristics of our resurrected bodies. Three major characteristics of our resurrected body. Now, actually, there are more characteristics here, and we're going to draw out more characteristics of that, but we're going to group them, if you will, in three major categories. And so there's several characteristics, but think of three major categories as we begin to look at our text. And what we, we discover here, if we're to sum all of this up into one sentence, our resurrected bodies will perfectly reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. That's what we're looking forward to. Our resurrected bodies will perfectly reflect the glory of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a day that will be. So today, I hope this, this picture of your resurrected body builds anticipation within you that will fuel your service and your life to the Lord here and now. Now, as we remember where, we're, where we are here in 1 Corinthians, Paul has been giving a defense for the resurrection. There are some people in Corinth who have doubted the resurrection, especially the resurrection of Christians. And so Paul has start, he started this whole defense of the resurrection by providing us five evidences of Christ's resurrection. He then moved to give us two consequences of no resurrection. Then he showed us three results of the resurrection, and then finally three motives for upholding the doctrine of the resurrection, which we looked at last week. Now he kind of turns a little bit, pivots just a, a hair, and he starts to describe the resurrection. So this week we're going to look at the characteristic, the nature of our resurrected bodies, and then next week we'll consider Resurrection Day and what that day will look like. So if you found your place in our text this morning, please stand with me as we read God's holy word. Hear the word of the Lord, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come? You foolish person. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, and to each kind of seed its own body. For not all flesh is the same, but there is one kind for humans, another for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earthly is of another. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. So is it with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. What is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. 
If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural and then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth and a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. So as we begin to look at these three major characteristics, we see here the first major characteristic of your resurrected body. We see this in, in 35 through 41. Here you discover that your resurrected body will be a human body. It will be a human body. Now we need to make sure we understand this because there's been kind of misunderstandings with, with some people. Uh, some people don't think that our resurrected bodies will be quite human. Uh, in fact, I've heard it said, and you've probably heard this as well, you know, uh, old Jane, uh, she's my angel in heaven right now, right? Uh, and, and so there's this kind of idea that, and maybe it's just kind of wishful thinking, I don't know, but there's this kind of idea that these, you know, we become angels in heaven. But that's not so. Right? We can't become another creature. God didn't order things that way. He made us human. And we're always going to be human in our nature. We are of human kind, right? We are of human kind. And we see this in this first little paragraph. He brings this out, kind of, it's kind of a long illustration here, but he brings out this kind of idea that it is a human body. He gives this illustration of, of, of casting the wheat, of sowing seed. But someone will ask, how is the dead raised? With what kind of body does, do they come? So that's the question. That's the question that he's throwing out there, and he's going he's to answer that. What kind of body is it? You foolish person, what you sow does not come, in uh, come, come to life unless it dies. We think of a seed as dying. Now, Paul is not trying to give some kind of biological lesson here. You know, we know in biology, if you've taken biology, the seed is not actually dead. It's, it's uh, you know, it's kind of just there, right? It, it's it's uh, not completely dead. The, the things of life are still in it. But Paul's not concerned about that. From our viewpoint, it's dead, right? There's no growth. There's no life coming from it. It's not producing anything. It's dead. So it seems dead. So he, he's using this as an illustration. What you sow does not come to life unless it, is, it dies. And what you sow is not the body that is to be, but a bare kernel, perhaps of wheat or of some other grain. But God gives it a body as he has chosen, as he wills. And to each kind of seed, its own body. 
For not all flesh is of the, sa- of the same, but there is one kind. Notice that word there, this kind of phrasing he's using here. There is one kind for humans, another, you say another kind for animals, another kind for birds, another kind for fish. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind, and the glory of the earth is of another kind. So, see, he's using this to help us understand that our resurrected bodies will be of human kind. It's not going to be of angelic kind. It's not going to be of of any other kind of animal kind. It's of human kind. God created us to be human. He created us to be human, and we will always be human. Our resurrected bodies will be human bodies. Now, surely Jesus says, Jesus tells us that our bodies will be like angels in the resurrection, and we're going to talk how it is like the angels here in a moment, but it's like, it's not angelic, right? It's like the angels, but it's not, we don't become angels. We are humans. God created us for a purpose as humans. And for all of eternity, we will be human. Your resurrected body will be your human body. Just a little different. And again, we'll talk about the differences here in a minute. But it's going to be your body. It's your human body. God created you specifically as you are. And in eternity, you will bear your human body with some wonderful modifications. So it's going to be a human body. When you we think about Jesus, Jesus, when he was resurrect, resurrected, Jesus still had his human body. It wasn't a different body. Now, he could hide himself from people, and, and you know they didn't recognize him until he opened their eyes to, to recognize him. But when he opened their eyes to recognize him, they saw Jesus' body, right? It was his, his earthly kind of body. It was of the same form. It had the same kind of physical features there. It was his body, not a different body. And so it will be in the resurrection. You will have your body, your human body. Now, we think about that. Well, you know, what about our scars? We, we live life long enough, we're going to have plenty of scars, right? We're going to have surgeries and that sort of thing. And, and many of you bear some major scars from some major heart surgeries and other kinds of surgeries, knee surgeries, knee replacements, all of these kind of things. What about our scars? Are we going to bear our scars? I don't think so, right? I, I don't think that's going to be the case because these bodies are going to be different. They're going to be made perfect. Now, Jesus, Jesus, on the other hand, he, he, he's bearing his scars. And I think, we look at Scripture, I think we can see that he's going to bear those scars, the, nails, the nail scars in his hands and feet, the, the spear scar in his side. We see after the resurrection, Thomas, you remember old Thomas, Downing Thomas? I'm not going to believe unless I touch the scars in his hands and feel the scar in his side. And Jesus appears and says, come on, Thomas, here they are, right? He still had them. He said, touch them so that you'll believe. Now, Jesus, I think he's going to bear those scars for all of eternity. Why? Because they are reminders of God's love for us. 
and what he did to redeem us. So Jesus will bear those scars, I believe. He will bear those scars for eternity as a reminder of God's love for us. But I don't think we're going to bear those scars. I don't think we're going to bear our scars. I think our scars will be gone and our bodies will be made absolutely perfect. The martyr who gave up his or her life in flames is not going to bear the, the scars of those flames for all of eternity. But those scars are going to be made whole again. So our bodies are going to be human bodies of humankind. We need to understand that they are going to be humankind for the glory of God. The whole purpose of this is for the glory of God. They're going to be resurrected according to the will of God. The will of God, look there, but God, 38, verse 38, but God gives it a body as he has chosen and to each kind of seed its own body. And then we go down just a bit there to verse 40. There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is of another kind. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars, for star differs from star in glory. Now, he's not just talking about the beauty of the sun and the moon. That's not what Paul is bringing out here. Yes, we look at the sun and we see a sunrise. Oh, how beautiful that sun is. We look up at the stars at night and we say, oh, how delightful the stars are. But the whole purpose of that is not to glory in the sun, moon, and stars. The whole purpose of that is to glory in the Lord, the creator of the sun, moon, and stars. God created all of his creation for his glory, to bring him glory and honor. So when we look at creation and we're awed with the beauty of creation, when we marvel at the, 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 the spectacularness of the human body, we glory in the creator of that body. It is to bring him glory and honor. And when he gives us our resurrected body, it will be for his glory to bring him praise for all of eternity. Oh, dear friend, look to the heavens, the sun, moon, and stars, and see how they reflect the glory of their creator. Look to the snow-topped mountains and the, the bountiful valleys and see how they reflect the glory of their Creator. All of creation reflects the glory of God in some way. And so shall we in our resurrected bodies. We will reflect the glory of God in our human resurrected bodies. Our resurrected bodies will be a God-glorifying human body. Not only will our resurrected body be a human body, but it will also be a transformed body. A transformed body. Here is where we discover the major differences. It will be your body, but quite different quite different and all the people said amen there will be some wonderful differences and paul here he notes 
he notes four differences that will be in our resurrected bodies, how these resurrected bodies will be transformed. First, your resurrected body will be imperishable. Imperishable. Notice what he says there, verse, starting in verse 42. So it is with the resurrected body. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. What is sown is perishable. Now think about perishable things. Oh, you buy some fruit. You buy a you know, bowl of apples. You have them sitting there on the, the shelf, and, and, and you don't eat them as fast as you want to. And what happens? They begin to rot. They begin to decay because they are perishable. These old human bodies are perishable. From the moment we die, we're in the process, or from the moment that we are born, we are in the process of perishing. We grow up, we get to an age where we kind of peak, and then things go downhill, right? We begin to perish. The body starts falling apart. We get aches and pains and Systems quit working and functioning like they, they used to function, right? They, they begin to, to tear down. And ultimately, as long as you know, the Lord doesn't return, our bodies are going to die. And when we sow that body into the ground, it's going to, sure enough, perish. It's going to begin to rot and to decay. We spend a whole lot of money to try to slow that process down, right? We get embalmed. We, we have nice caskets that are, are sealed tight with vaults around those. We want to keep the body from decaying, but we're going to decay. That body is still going to decay. The body is going to return to dust. From dust we came and to dust we will return. It's going to decay. But... The resurrected body will be imperishable. Imperishable. Right? God can take that perished body, that body that has turned to dust, He can take that body and put it back together again. I mean, He created it, He can recreate it. He can bring that body back to life, just like the Valley of Bones. They were just bones scattered upon the ground, but God raised them up. He put the bones back together again. He brought flesh to come back upon the bones. That's the day of the resurrection. These old bodies will be raised up. The old dry bones will be given life again. There will be flesh upon our bodies. God will bring life back to our perished bodies, and he will make them imperishable. No more worries about rot and decay. No more worries about death. Death will be destroyed. We will have imperishable, eternal bodies. These bodies will be indestructible. Indestructible. Your resurrected body will be an imperishable body. Second, it will be a glorious or an honorable body. It will be a glorious, honorable body body what is sown paul says in dishonor is raised in glory now thinking about this word dishonor uh, paul is getting to the point that this old human flesh is sinful flesh isn't it if it, this is sinful flesh now we were created to bring glory and honor to god as image bearers of god but sin came into the world and kind of messed that up 
Instead of bringing honor and glory to God by living in complete obedience to God, we live in disobedience to God and we dishonor God with our lives. We are dishonorable. We bring dishonor to our Creator because we don't live like He created us to live. But you see, in the resurrection, sin is destroyed. Not only is death destroyed, but sin is also destroyed. Sin is no more. Sin is no more. So that what is raised brings honor and glory to God. Instead of dishonoring God, we glorify God completely and perfectly as we live in perfect obedience to the will of God for all of eternity. Sin is no more. No struggle with sin. You struggle with sin? You ever get tired of struggling with sin? Sin is no more in the resurrected body. No temptations. Nothing. Sin is gone. This old earthly body with all of its corruptions is sown in dishonor, but it is raised in glory. Well, not only is the your resurrected body, not only will your resurrected body be imperishable and glorious, but it will also be powerful. It will be powerful. It is sown in weakness. In weakness, we are weak. We are weak. We grow weary and work and need rest. We grow weak with age and need rest. We are cursed with sickness and disease. I just think about when we have little Montana running around here and he's so energetic, full of energy, right? Ready to go, 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 go. And we can't keep up. He wears us out completely. We get tired. We get weary. And even as, mu as much energy as he has, eventually he wears out. And he's got to be laid down. He's got to take rest. He's got to go to sleep. He's got to take a nap. Oh, we grow weary. We grow tired. We are weak. We grow sick. Diseases tear through our bodies and, and bring us down Lay us into the bed. Put us into the bed where we can't get out. I mean, COVID hit, and so many people caught COVID, and, and they went to the bed, right? It, it, it about killed them. It did kill some, but it about killed others because it was a terrible, terrible virus, right? It brings us down. We are weak. We are weak. But we will be raised in power will be raised in power. No more weakness, no more sickness, no more aches and pains. Greater still, no more weakness to sin. The power of sin destroyed. Matthew 26, verse 41, Jesus says, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. But not in the resurrection. Not in the resurrection, the flesh will be given power, power to overcome sickness. The power 
over death, the power over weariness, the power over sin. Your resurrected body will be a powerful, powerful body. I don't know about you, but I look forward to that. Can't wait for that. So your resurrected body will be imperishable, glorious, and powerful. Fourth, your, your resurrected body will be a spiritual body. It will be spiritual. It will be a spiritual body. Look at verse 44 there. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Now here's where we get to be like the angels, right? It is sown, what is sown is a, a natural body with so many limitations. Right? There's only so many things that this old body can do because it's a physical, earthly, natural body. It has Limita limitations great limitations there's only so much we can do but the resurrected body will be a spiritual body now this is almost contradictory of, uh, uh, contradictory of terms here isn't it because we we think of spiritual and, and physical those are, are two different things god is spirit we are physical we are of the flesh how can this be well i don't know i haven't a clue God knows, and I'm going to leave that to him. But somehow this, this physical body that we have is going to be transformed into a spiritual body able to do so many things that this old physical body cannot do. We, of course, here think of Jesus. Jesus had a spiritual body after his resurrected at, at, when he came to this earth. Born of the Virgin Mary, he had a physical body. And so he kind of set aside some of his divine attributes. He set aside some of those spiritual attributes, and he became one of us, completely one of us. And so he couldn't do all the things that a spiritual body could do. It had its limitations. But when he was resurrected, there were no limitations to Jesus' body. Those limitations were removed. He had a spiritual body after the resurrected after the resurrection, uh, Jesus walked through walls. He appeared and disappeared at will and went from one place to another in an instant, in a moment of time. He went from one place to the other. Think about the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and when they got to their destination, Jesus sat down with them Jesus had been teaching them all the way, all the way about what the Messiah was supposed to do and what was to become of the Messiah all the way till they got to their destination. And when they got to the de their destination, the Jesus sat down with them. They broke bread together. Jesus blessed the bread. And at that moment, their eyes were open. They were, oh, that's Jesus. And in that same moment, Jesus was gone. Jesus was gone. And so those two disciples, they, they, they shag it back to Jerusalem. They go find the rest of the disciples. They tell, hey, look, we saw Jesus. We saw Jesus. He, he taught us all of these great things. And then when we sat down, we, we, we sat down to eat, right? And all of a sudden, he just disappeared. He was gone like that. 
And then in the next, next moment, Jesus was there. He was in the room with all the disciples. Where did you come from, Jesus? How, how did you do that? He had a spiritual body. He had a spiritual body. And so many of the limitations that were given to this body of flesh, this human body, those were changed. Those were transformed. And now he has a spiritual body, and we'll have a spiritual body. Now, think about that. After the resurrection, when God establishes the new heavens and the new earth here on, and I think this celestial ball, I think this is the place of the new earth, it's going to be a transformed earth, not a completely new earth. I think it's going to be a transformed earth. God's going to make it new by taking out sin and, and all of the corruption. But it's going to be this earth. I mean, God created this earth for the purpose of housing his people. And, and so this is going to be the earth, I believe. But think about it. Travel will be no big deal. We'll, we'll not need Delta Airlines anymore. Right? You're there. You're sitting out in Jerusalem. You're at the temple of God. You're, you're worshiping God. I want to go see the Rocky Mountains. Hey, you're there, right? You're, you're looking at God's creation in the Rockies or, or the Grand Canyon or, or wherever. You want to go to the he heavenly realm? You're there, right? You're in the, the throne room in heaven. In, uh, you're back and forth from the spiritual realm to the uh, flesh realm the earthly realm you're going from place to place with with just a thought i want to be there and so you're there i don't know it seems like that's what jesus did and so since we'll have a spiritual body like his spiritual body then i'm assuming that we'll be able to do similar no we'll have some limitations that probably jesus doesn't have because he is god Right? He is God the Son. But we're going to be able to do some of those things. We're going to see great power like we've never experienced before. So our transformed body will be imperishable, glorious, powerful, and spiritual. We'll be like the angels of heaven having a spiritual body. We won't be angels, but we'll be like the angels, having a spiritual body. Mark, uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels in heaven. We'll have a spiritual, we'll have a spiritual body. So do you ever get tired of your weak body, prone to sickness and death? Well, don't fret anticipate your resurrected body which will be transformed into an imperishable glorious powerful and spiritual body your resurrected body will be a human body a transformed body and third and most glorious of all your resurrected body will be a restored body your body will be a restored body now, Brandon is uh, restoring a 1967 Mustang. 1967 Mustang. I, I can't wait till he gets finished. I want to see it. He's restoring this 1967 Mustang. Now, when he found this Mustang, it was out in the woods or out in the field. I can't remember if it was a field or, or the woods, but it was out there in the field. 
And, uh, you know, it, it was deteriorating. Right? It was perishable, and it was perishing. Uh, the rust was starting to show, or, or the, the body was starting to, to show some rust. The motor was absolutely dead. The seats were decaying. It was wasting away. But Brandon saw a vision of what that car used to be. And his desire was to restore it to its former glory and maybe even raise its level of glory, right? Make some little modifications to a better paint job, better chrome, better stuff in it, right? Make it, bring it back to its glory, former glory, and raise it to a new level of glory. Well, you know, God has the same kind of project in mind for us. God has the same kind of project in mind for us. He wants to restore our bodies, to restore our bodies back to its original design, if you will. We see here in our text, verses 45 through 49, he, he begins to, to bring out this kind of contrast between those who are in Adam and those who are in Christ. Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spirit that is first, but the natural, then the spiritual. So you have to be born of the natural birth before you can reach the spiritual birth. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven, that is Jesus as was the man of the dust, so also are those who are of the dust. And as the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. Now, let's tease out here a, a doctrine that we see in Scripture. We know from Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 27, that man was created in the image and likeness of God. We were created in the image and likeness of God. We bear God's image to some degree. We were made in the image and likeness of God. That was God's purpose for us. But then you get to Genesis chapter 3, what takes place? Adam sins against God. Adam sins against God. He commits high treason against a holy God. And so what happens in that moment in Adam? In Adam, the image of God is distorted. It is distorted. God created him in the image, in his image being sinless. But then Adam sinned, and the image was distorted. Now, we still bear the image and likeness of God. We know that. The rest of Scripture tells us we, we still bear the likeness of God. That's why we see other, every other human being. We see dignity in them. Every human life has dignity because every human life is created in the image and likeness of God. But yet, because of sin, that image has been distorted. We don't purely reflect the image of God because we, we sin. 
But in Christ, in Christ, the image of God is restored. In Christ, the image of God is perfectly restored. Sin is gone. Temptation of sin to sin is no more. Sin is out of our lives. Now, in Christ, and in the resurrection, we bear the perfect image of the man of heaven. We bear the image of Christ. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, when Christ appears, we shall be like Him because we shall see Him as He is. On that resurrection day, when these old bodies are caught up into the air and we see Jesus in that moment, in that instant, these bodies will be transformed into a new creation. They'll be transformed into the perfect image of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Your resurrected body will be a restored body, fully reflecting the image and glory of God in Christ. Oh, dear friends, our resurrected bodies will be perfect reflections of the glory of God in Jesus Christ. Do you ever get tired and weary of your earthly body? Yes. Do you ever get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Absolutely, we all do. Anticipate your resurrected body. Look forward to that day when, when Christ will, will come down from heaven. The trumpet will sound and your body will be transformed into a resurrected body. Reflecting the wondrous glory of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear Christians, allow this vision of your resurrected body to fuel your life and service to the Lord right now. Anticipate your resurrected body. This will, this, anticipating your resurrected body will bring you joy and happiness even in your most lowest points. How often I've been with Christians on their deathbed unable to get out of, of bed, unable to hardly to even speak, and yet there was a spark of joy in their life, in their eyes, knowing that in a moment they would be with Jesus, holding on to that hope that one day that old sick and tired and worn body would be transformed to be like Jesus. Oh, when times get tough, reflect on your resurrected body and what it will be. Now, let me just say, if you don't know Jesus, 
For us Christians, we can reflect on our resurrected body and and we can find joy and delight in the most difficult of situations and circumstances. We can face death with joy in our hearts knowing that one day Jesus will resurrect us and make us completely new. But if you don't know Jesus, you don't have that hope. If you don't know Jesus, you have no hope of a resurrected body. At least not into the splendor of what God has promised Christians. In fact, if you're not a Christian, if you don't trust in Jesus, this life is as good as it gets. Your body with all of its aches and pains and sickness and disease is as good as it gets. I often hear people say there's worse things than death, but that's only true for Christians. That's only true for Christians. For a lost person suffering through the most miserable cancer is as good as it will get. Hell will be far worse. If you don't know Jesus, this life is as good as it gets. But if you know Jesus, if you trust in Christ, trust that he died on the cross for your sins, surrender your life to him, and you can have resurrection hope, hope of a better life, a better body, an eternal life and glory, if you'll only trust in Jesus. Will you surrender to him today? He's offering you life if you'll only receive it from him. Trust in Christ today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this wonderful description that you give to us in in 1 Corinthians of our resurrected bodies. And, And Lord, this is just human words. This is just a human description It pales in comparison to what our actual resurrection bodies will be like. So, Father, we thank you that we have this hope in Christ. Lord, let us imagine what that day will be like. What eternity will be like. And let eternity fuel our life and our service to you here. And Father, certainly there's those who have listened to this message today, have heard these words, and they don't have that hope because they've never trusted in Jesus. Father, turn their hearts to Christ today. Let them find hope in Christ today. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.